Hello! Welcome to the second episode of PodClass. And this is the podcast series in our subject in Assessment in Learning 1. And once again, this is your teacher broadcaster greeting you good morning if you're listening this in the morning and good afternoon if you're listening this in the afternoon. Mr. Brian M. Lazaleda on the air. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we shall be starting our week with a new lesson to uh, discuss and that is on target setting. This is our second unit in our subject and on uh, Monday I have uh, uploaded already the module that uh, you will read for the next four weeks. And this episode, we shall be discussing the first topic of this unit and that is on standards-based assessment. Well, just a backgrounder of our lesson for today, we know that one of the 12 principles of high-quality assessment is the clarity of learning targets, and that's actually the first thing or the first quality that we have to take in mind when we are on the process of developing and designing our assessment strategies. That is clarity of learning targets, and that's why we dedicated one unit to actually uh, teach you future teachers or pre-service teachers how to set targets in our classroom because these are actually very important for us to understand because our learning targets like our learning objectives or or outcomes well these uh, terms are very different from each other but as we go on okay we will realize that our learning objectives are actually our guide to to many aspects of our teaching endeavor not only in the choice of our assessment strategies but on how we deal with uh, our uh, classroom in itself how we deal with um, assessments uh, with uh, teaching strategies techniques and methods and of course our learning materials and all of this stuff all together they all base on our objectives and that's why it's important that we know and you know as pre-service teacher how to know or how to make or write a lesson objective and we will be dealing with that as we proceed with the next topics in this unit but in this episode we shall be focusing our attention to the first topic at hand which is standards-based assessment at the end of this episode you are expected to describe standards-based assessment to be explain the characteristics of constructive alignment and of course to describe the K-12 assessment guidelines along content standards, performance standards, and assessment types. And before we proceed, I always remind you that you have to take hold of your module while you're actually listening to the second episode of our podcast. In this way, you will be able to highlight or to take down the important points that I will be mentioning in our uh, episode because, uh, well, most likely those things that I would emphasize are the things that will be coming out in your quiz tomorrow that's on friday friday is quiz day and please anticipate for a test code to be uploaded tomorrow but again you will be given four days window period to actually finish the quiz all right and of course for your examination for your midterm examination so hold your modules and follow my instructions okay while holding your modules so that you would know what to highlight and what to to um 
you know, underline maybe in your module, okay? So, let's talk about standards-based assessment. Um, we have this topic in your unit uh, 1 already on the last topic. But uh, in this particular uh, episode, we shall be expounding the concepts underlying standards-based assessment, okay? So, standards-based assessment allows us to make judgments about the level of an individual's learning with respect to shared benchmarks of expected performance supported by exemplars, okay? But let me remind you that this may sound like the criterion uh, criterion reference assessment, but it's it's not, all right? It's not. Standards-based assessment is broader in its meaning compared with um, criterion reference assessment. Why? Because the scope of the point of reference is wider than a criterion reference assessment and we'll have to talk about that later okay so it is a type of assessment that makes direct and extensive use of teachers qualitative uh, judgments okay it requires external visible standards for the use of both teachers and students defined by exemplars and verbal description so when we talk about exemplars these are um, from the word example okay these are examples of performance outputs so, in other words, you want to show your students an example of what they are expected to produce, okay? What they are expected to create. And these example, exemplars will provide them uh, guidelines or um, reference points towards what they're gonna do. So that they will have something in mind na, na alam nila kung ano yung gagawin nila. So, it's standards-based assessment, okay, defined by exemplars and verbal descriptions. These verbal descriptions could take in many forms at many levels, okay? It could be uh, performance outcomes, it could be lesson objectives or national competencies. So, it depends really. So, that's what I'm talking about between criterion reference assessment and standards-based assessment. Standards-based assessment has um, a wider scope because it, it, it has has certain uh, verbal descriptions or standards at many levels. But for criterion reference assessment, we look at certain standards set in the classroom alone. So that might be the lesson objective on that particular day. Alright? So, uh, well, we know, if you if you are immersed already with the K-12 curriculum, well, not yet because you are still on your second year, but starting fourth year, you will begin uh, immersing yourself in the environment of a real classroom in the basic education, particularly in high school. And you will soon realize what I'm trying to point out here, what we're trying to learn here on standards-based assessment because this is consistent with the K-12 curriculum being implemented today and then for the next years i don't know when will this be changed but we expect that these things will be changing because nothing is really permanent okay so um it is consistent with the k-12 curriculum as it emphasizes on assessment for learning rather than assessment of learning and you have to internalize that okay standards-based assessment has emphasis on assessment for learning rather than assessment of learning as you see later as you will see later the components of the k-12 grading system puts uh, into a larger account the performance task of students okay so it's not really 
building more on the summative uh, results of the assessment procedure, but it builds on things that could actually uh, force the learner to learn, okay? That uh, assessment strategies dealt on assessment for learning, okay? So this new paradigm calls for deep changes both in teachers' perceptions of their own role in relation to their students and in their classroom practice. In other words, people, as early as now, we have to change our mindset that we are assessing because we want to know if students really learned. That should not be our ultimate goal. But we have to assess because we want to help our learners learn. We want to help our learners improve their ability, their skills, their values, and their attitude. Okay? So we don't only design quizzes. We don't only design exams just because we want to know if they really learn. But we want to, to uh, design assessment strategies that would give us ideas on their progress. And knowing their progress would give us opportunity to design intervention programs that would help them or that would reinforce their learning. That's the purpose of a standards-based assessment. It's not really dealing more on assessment of learning, but it's on assessment for learning. But unfortunately, many teachers does not actually realize that. And most of those, okay, I, I must say that most of the teachers you have um, been under with, okay, are, are focused on assessing what you learned because it's for grading purposes, but not actually on improving the teaching and learning process. Okay, so we have to look at that. That is the, the, the philosophy of uh, standards-based assessment. So looking at the page, um, this is page 40. For page 5, okay, page 5 of your um, unit 2 on target setting, um, the three uh, type of assessment here are differentiated. That's norm reference assessment, criterion reference assessment, and standard space assessment. And as I have mentioned a while ago, these three are really different from each other, okay? Um, we have uh, discussed already what norm reference assessment and criterion reference assessment are in our previous discussions. And uh, I think there's no need for me to discuss anymore uh, what these two type of assessments are, okay? But I just mentioned a while ago that criterion reference assessment and standards-based assessment are somehow similar, but standards-based assessment has a wider scope, okay? It has broad descriptions, okay, compared to criterion reference assessment, okay? So let's talk about the benefits of standards-based assessment, okay? We'll just pick uh, two of these benefits and then um, these are pretty self-explanatory. Knowing already the definition of standards-based assessment, um, you will realize these benefits of this kind of assessment, okay? So it provides much richer information about what you expect your students to achieve but the, by describing what they need to know and what they can actually do okay 
So, uh, by showing them exam exemplars, okay, you are giving them concrete examples or concrete um, descriptions of what they are expected to, to do in the class and what they are expected to learn in the class. Okay? Um, it provides more explicit guidance to students as what I have mentioned. And um, similar to criterion reference assessment, you're using criteria. You're using a standard to give more efficient feedback to students about their performance okay and lastly to provide guidance to students about what's important in their learning and assessment and encourages them to understand the goals and standards in order to study towards them and fosters grading consistency over time all right so that's that's a backgrounder of standards-based assessment. In the K-12 curriculum, it highlights the notion that learner constructs their own learning through relevant learning activities. And we learned that just yesterday on educational technology, uh, educational technology on the theories of educational technology, we call that constructivism. Okay, so does the teacher's job is to create a learning environment that supports the learning activities appropriate to achieving the desired learning outcomes okay and the key to all these components is knowing uh, the curriculum okay and its intended outcomes as teachers we should know what the curriculum is and what are, what are the learning outcomes on that particular curriculum the teaching methods that is suitable for the for the learning outcomes for the course intended outcomes and the assessment tasks that are aligned together okay so you know our subject in the curriculum has outcomes they have learning outcomes and one thing about learning outcomes is that it gives us ideas on what teaching methods should we use and of course what are the assessment tasks that we should select to achieve the learning outcomes in other words what we're trying to do here is we are putting a straight line that connects the curriculum the teaching method and the assessment task we call that, ladies and gentlemen, as constructive alignment, okay? So, constructive alignment, ladies and gentlemen, is a teaching principle under constructivism. The idea is, okay, uh, through the learning outcomes that we set in our class, we will be able that the learners will be able to construct or create meaning out of their learning activities and these learning activities must be aligned with the intended learning outcomes that's constructive align alignment all right so uh, bigs has defined this and you will see it in the box okay in in the in page number 6 okay he said that uh, constructive alignment is the coherence between assessment teaching strategy and intended learning outcomes in an educational program and you will see this in the figure uh, at the bottom of the page in page six okay you will see the intended learning outcomes okay uh, the assessment uh, strategies assessment regime termed here and the teaching and learning activities so uh, the outcomes must be uh, followed okay by the assessment task which the assessment task should meet the learning outcomes and as and also okay 
the teaching and learning activities must also be based on the intended learning outcomes. Alright, so this is the idea of um, uh, BIGS, okay, formulated by Tyler. But at some point, okay, at some point, um, what happens here is that we don't design the assessment task after learning the outcomes. Most of the times, teachers actually select the teaching and learning activities after the learning outcomes, then followed by the assessment task, okay? If we look at the lesson plans, okay, if we look at examples of lesson plans in the Department of Education, you would always see the evaluation part at the bottom or at the last part of the lesson plan, okay? And the outcomes sa unahan ng lesson plan. That would suggest to us, okay, to you as pre-service teachers, that the number one thing that we have to consider when we're trying to write our lesson plan are the learning objectives. And then followed by our teaching and learning activities. Then lastly, our assessment task or evaluation. Doon natin nakikita yung constructive alignment na sinasabi ni Briggs. Okay, so in, in the next page, in page 7, you will see an example of constructive alignment here happening in the curriculum. So for example, um, your uh, learning outcome is to monitor, evaluate, and reflect on your teaching and the learning of your students. That's, that's, the, that's the learning outcome and the assessment will be observation cycle could be a reflective statement of personal and professional gain so it's like a journaling system okay and the teaching learning activities will be uh introductory group tutorial revision of critical reflection theory or it could be a seminar okay that that would really meet our objective that to monitor evaluate and reflect on your teaching and the learning of your students well in, in, a, in a contextualized an example for your major, you are majoring in MAPE, and if you are teaching uh, basic skills in uh, softball, okay, and, and that's what you, that's your learning outcome. You want your students to, um, to demonstrate the basic skills in softball. That's your learning outcome. What would be your assessment task? Well, expected that you would choose performance-based assessment there. You would actually have them demonstrate the um, basic skills in softball. But in the teaching and learning activity, how would you do that? Okay, so you will use demonstrations, you will use video lessons, or maybe peer tutoring, or maybe resource persons. You will invite a professional softball player in the class, and he or she will be demonstrating the basic skills in softball. Those are the teaching and learning activities. And you can see there the alignment between the learning outcomes to the assessment tasks to the teaching and learning activities. And that's what we want to do. Okay? That's what we want to do 
uh, in the next um, sessions. If you are with me in educational technology or in technology for teaching and learning, okay, I will be asking you, okay, my students to actually demonstrate a particular lesson in their field of specialization. And I would like to see how these are aligned together, okay? How these three elements in teaching and learning are aligned together because that is very important, okay? So, in, in page 8, ito yung sinasabi natin na minsan, hindi naman natin finafollow yung sequence na yung learning outcomes muna, tapos yung assessment task, tapos yung teaching and learning activities. Actually, what we do, okay, what we do is that we look at the outcomes, we think of our teaching and learning activities, and then followed by the assessment task, okay? So, in the figure in page number uh, page number 8, okay, you will see that the teaching and learning activities can be teacher-controlled, okay? Teacher-controlled meaning you are the pasimuno, ikaw mismo yung uh, main character doon sa activity nila. So, this can take form like um, when, when you're trying to do a lecture, when you're trying to do a demonstration, or maybe a... Um, um, a facilitated group work, for example, peer controlled. Pede when there are group dynamics, when there's peer tutoring, so you are only the facilitator there. And self controlled when you're dealing with individualized instruction. Okay, so those are those are the teaching and learning activities that you could actually implement. Okay, but these are general categories. Uh, you have to still learn what are the dif- different teaching and learning activities. And I, I think you should have learned that in principles of teaching, okay? And what are the different teaching approaches, teaching strategies that you could actually employ in your classroom, okay? And then the assessment tasks are marking criteria need to differentiate between these levels, okay? Kung ano yung, ano yung the very best understanding, ano yung highly satisfactory, ano yung quite satisfactory, ano yung just a pass, okay? You should be able to, to differentiate these levels. And you can do that by using a rubric, okay? A rubric. And that will be our topic in the next uh, discussions, okay? So this can be achieved by using verbs associated with the higher levels of a learning taxonomy, okay? We'll do that in the next lesson. And we'll have that in the next episode of our podcast. Paano tayo magsulat ng objectives, okay? Paano, ano-ano yung mga ini-expect nating parts ng objectives, alright? So, the goal of constructive alignment, then, is to support students in developing as much meaning and learning as possible from a well-designed, coherent, and aligned course. Okay? Courses are congruent and cohere in an explicit way when there is good fit and flow between a course's intended learning outcomes, teaching and learning activities, and assessments of student learning. Okay? So, in a nutshell, yun lang ang ibig sabihin ng constructive alignment na isang katangian ng standards-based assessment. Okay? Kasi, pag kayo ay nagturo na sa public school, pag kayo gumaduate na, takapasa na kayo ng licensure exam, and you are now employed in a public school, you are expected to know what a curriculum guide is because yun ang gagamitin mo. The national government, through the Department of Education, has already rolled out 
yung mga curriculum guide para sa teachers. Itong mga curriculum guide na ito, meron na itong intended learning outcomes. Okay? Meron na intended learning outcomes ito at hindi mo na kailangan gumawa pa. Okay? But, it is expected that from this intended learning outcomes, you have to think of assessment strategies and teaching and learning activities that are aligned with these uh, intended learning outcomes. Okay? Um, in the application of our subject, um, I will introduce to you kung ano yung tinatawag nating curriculum guide para sa mga guru. Okay? So, as developed by John Briggs, constructive alignment involves thoughtfully determining intentions for what students should learn through the learning outcomes, of course. And you have to clearly communicate that with your learners, what they are in, the, what they are expected to, to finish, what they are expected to do. Okay? Designing teaching and learning activities and creating assessments that will allow students to demonstrate their attainment of the learning outcomes. Okay? So, um, yeah, talking about this, okay, and I've been introducing to you that uh, standards-based assessment and constructive alignment can be seen on the features of the K-12 curriculum. Okay, we'll talk about the K-12 assessment guidelines, okay? So, you can see the K-12 assessment guidelines if you have your internet after this, de- this session, you may want to Google that at order number 8 series of 2015. Okay? And you can see there the guidelines on how to assess students in the K-12 curriculum. Once again, that's step at order number 8 series of 2015 and that was passed two uh, years after the implementation of the Enhanced Basic Education Act of 2013 or Republic Act number 10533. Okay, yung K-12 curriculum na sinasabi natin. So, as per indicated in the guidelines, okay, uh, assessment in the classroom aims at helping students perform well in relation to the learning standards. And these learning standards has three um, types, okay? Tandaan natin to, no? Learning standards comprises... Three. What are these three? Number one, content standards. Number two, performance standards. Number three, learning competencies. At anong-ano itong mga tatlong ito? What are content standards? What are performance standards? And what are learning competencies? Now, um, what are content standards? First, okay, first and foremost, content standards are what you're gonna teach, okay? Or, in more politically correct question, that is, what should the learners know? Ano yung kailangan nilang matutunan? Yun yung tinatawag nating content standards. Okay? Kung ano yung specified scope or sequential topics within each learning strand, domain, theme, or component. Okay? So, in other words, ito yung subject matter. Ano yung kailangang matutunan ng mga estudyante mo? Tawag natin doon content standards. Followed by content standards are performance standards. And what are performance standards? These describe the abilities and skills that learners are expected to demonstrate in relation to the content standards and integration of 21st century skills. So, performance standards answer these questions. What can learners do with what they know. Anong pwede nilang gawin sa nalaman na nila? Okay? How well must learners do their work? 
How well do learners use their learning or understanding in different situations? How do learners apply their learning or understanding in real-life contexts? What tools and measures should learners use to demonstrate what they have already known? So in other words, people, when we talk about the performance standards, these are what should the learners do in order to show their teacher or their peers that they learned the car the content standards okay so performance standards shows how the learners can use the content standards from the word performance in other words that the learners here are expected to perform something okay so you know that those are the performance standards i will show you an example later on all right so what about learning competencies okay what about learning competencies well learning competencies people are the knowledge understanding skills and attitudes that students need to demonstrate in every lesson and or learning activities so you might get confused ah? so parang parehas naman sila sa performance standards no why because performance standards is like um a demonstration of their overall learning but for learning competencies ano yung competencies na dapat meron ang bata okay yung knowledge anong knowledge anong understanding anong skill anong attitude ang dapat nilang i-demonstrate in every lesson yan okay in every lesson so it's like it has a a, a narrower uh concept okay it has a narrower um, area compared with um, performance standards. Okay? Yun yung tinatawag nating learning competencies. Um, maari natin siyang ihalin tulad doon sa ating learning objectives. Okay? So, yun yung, yung hierarchy niya, no? Mas malawak ang performance standards kesa sa learning competencies. In fact, the performance standards or the learning competencies are based on the performance standards. Alright? So, Let's look an example of these uh, three uh, in uh, three uh, inclusions or um, three elements of learning standards in the K-12 curriculum. For example, uh, this is a topic in English, okay? Um, this is from Module 9 of the Philippine Professional Standards for Teachers, uh, published in 2017. Well, the content standards are the learner demonstrates understanding how Anglo-American literature and other text types serve as a means of enhancing the self, how to use processing, assessing, summarizing information, word derivation and formation strategies, appropriate word order, punctuation marks, and interjection to enable him or her to participate actively in a speech choir. So dito, nakita nyo kung ano nga ba ang dapat matutunan. What should the learners know? Okay? So, they have to demonstrate understanding on Anglo-American literature. Alright? And then, followed by the performance standards. The performance standards goes this way. The learner actively participate 
in a speech choir through using effective verbal and nonverbal strategies based on the following criteria focus, voice, delivery, facial expression, body movements, gestures, and audience contact. So, what is the performance that is expected from the learner? participation in the speech choir. That's performance standards. But if you look at the learning competency under this uh, week, okay, distinguish between and among informative, journalistic, and literary writing. You see here, friends, that, you know, uh, kung compare natin, ang, uh, Ang content standards, performance standards, at learning competencies. Yung content standards, yun yung pinaka nasa taas. Okay? And then we deduce it to the performance standards and then further deduce to the learning competencies. So, yun yung example natin ng learning standards of the K-12 curriculum. You will see more of this, okay, if you download already the curriculum course guide or curriculum uh, guide in the DepEd for junior high school and yeah junior high school muna tayo on uh, mape kasi walang mape ang senior high school what they have is hope okay so for this time uh, we focus our attention on the curriculum guide in junior high school okay so yes that's an example of uh, the learning standards in the K12 curriculum. So, you will see more examples in the curriculum guide. And if, if you have a... If you don't still understand yet yung anong pagkakaiba ng tatlong ito, you can go to Google, download the curriculum guide, and you will see there many examples in MAPE. Okay? So, that's for the learning standards. Now, let's talk about concept development. Okay, concept development. The learning standards in curriculum reflect progressions of concept development. Ano ito? Uh, the cognitive process dimensions adopted from under Anderson and Cratwell may be a good way to operationalize these progressions. Okay? May progression kasi yan. Hindi pwedeng hindi mataas na tapos hindi mo pa nagawa yung baba. So, merong mababa papunta sa mataas. Okay? So, to align the assessment process with the K-12 curriculum, the adopted cognitive process dimensions may be used as guide not only in lesson development but also in the formation of assessment tasks. So, ano-ano itong mga ito? Ano ba itong mga uh, cognitive processes na ito from basic to complex? Well, we have remembering, understanding, applying, analyzing, evaluating, and creating. Well, you can see this already in the Bloom's Taxonomy of Cognitive Domain. This is actually the, re the revised one. Okay? The revised one. Okay? So, in, in the K-12 curriculum, we have different assessment types which you can see in page number 10, okay, of your module. Uh, na pag-usapan na rin natin kung ano-ano itong mga ito na ulit lang din, like um, formative assessment. These are assessment happening uh, during instruction. It could be before or during instruction well, with the aim of helping our learners um improve their understanding of the lesson. So, examples of these are um, written exercises, performances, models, and even electronic presentations. 
So you can use formative assessment in different parts of the lesson. Okay? We also have summative assessment and we know for a fact that summative assessment happens after the instruction and these are used for grading purposes of our learners. We have individual and collaborative summative assessment. So, pwede, mong, pwede kang magkaroon ng summative assessment na individual at pwede rin siyang collaborative through group activities. Okay? So, uh, there are three components of summative assessment in the K-12 curriculum and you have to take note of that. What are these three? One, written work. Okay? Written work. Two, performance tasks. Okay? And the third one is quarterly assessment. Okay, what are these three? Uh, written work component ensures that students are able to express skills and concepts in written form. So, examples of these are quizzes, unit tests, long tests, okay? But um, these are cognitive uh, assessment procedures, okay? So, yan yung written work, in written form, okay? Uh, and also, yung essays kasama din sa written works yan, written reports and other written output okay yung performance task naman which is the highest among these three components of summative assessment in the K12 curriculum allows learners to show what they know and are able to do in diverse ways so they may create or innovate products or do performance based tasks so what are examples of these demonstration group presentations oral work multimedia presentations and research projects okay and then we have quarterly assessment ito yung parang periodic exam okay well you know you are K12 graduates you should know this okay so yung mga quarterly assessment nyo uh, this could be in many forms hindi lang to written works ha pwede din siyang performance based task okay or pwede ring objective test pero most of the time teachers would always design objective tests but do not really cling on the idea of performance based assessment kasi you know we cannot blame them mahirap maggrade and administer ng performance based assessment and but we would always do objective tests ipa-administer mo lang check it and there's it and na yung grade mo and na yung score mo okay pero as mape teachers, katulad niyo, kayo, because the nature of the subject does not really focus on objective tests, but more on performance-based assessment. Okay? So, those are the three components of the summative assessment in the K-12 written work, performance task, and quarterly assessment. Okay? So, lahat ng ito, they should all be reflected in your class records. Okay? So, that's it. That's our topic one in our unit two in target setting. That's on standards-based assessment. So, generally, our standards in the standards-based assessment are the uh, learning standards in the K-12 curriculum. So, we have to look at the curriculum guide in MAPE when we are teaching. I hope that this was introduced to you already in your principles of teaching subject. But if not, then you have to you have to do that. You have to go to Google and look at examples of learning standards in the curriculum guide in MAPE. Okay, what are these learning standards? We have uh, content standards, performance standards, then followed by the learning competency. As your assignment, okay? As your assignment, you have to go back in my post in our Facebook social learning group, okay? There, Okay, yung post ko sa podcast episode na ito, mag-comment kayo, okay, mag-comment kayo 
ng example ng content standard, ng performance standard, at saka learning competency. Okay? I repeat, mag-comment kayo ng content standard, ng performance standard, at saka ng learning competency. That's your assignment for this particular topic in unit number 2. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for once again joining us in our first, in our second episode of uh, podcast on uh, standards-based assessment. On the next episode, we shall be talking about um, the Bloom's taxonomy of cognitive domain, and that's a very good topic and a very important topic also that you have to attend to. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. Once again, this is your teacher broadcaster. Um, Mr. Brian M. Nozaleda signing off in our second episode of Pod Class. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.